With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Unspoiled, covering The Sandman, Volume 10, The Wake. In this episode, everybody who ever knew Dream ever, apparently, gathers together to say nice things about him. Or to at least say things about him. Welcome to Unspoiled. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him tulips like roses and clover. All right. Welcome, everybody. All right. (laughs) The king is dead. The king is dead. Long live the dreaming. Welcome. I am Natasha. Anybody I'm, jump in? I'm Anton. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Hold on. We were trying to conjure our third sister, Brittany. I'm Miles. Hi. Whoa. How'd I get here? <laughs> ah. With a ball of yarn and yeah. a pair of scissors. That did throw me off because Miles is usually the first one to speak after me. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he's just not paying attention. He's too... I'm usually just the first one to speak, period. I want it all to be about me. So. That's true. I'm fine yeah. with that, though, because I'm yeah. the same way. <laughs> um so guys do you know what i'm going to say about this volume do you this have a guess? do you have a guess about what i'm going to say about this one i'm gonna guess and then you woke like up it. i'm gonna guess you didn't like it i really liked it oh, right okay. up until oh until the last issue when it was shakespeare shakespeare again. yeah that's oh. the one <laughs> <laughs> oops don't care. Just don't. It's okay. When we get to the Shakespeare one, we'll give... I'm sure Miles and I, between uh, the two of us, can give you a cliff notes of what The Tempest was about. But see, like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't care what The Tempest was about. I don't even want the cliff notes. And I suppose that I should, and, you know, I should educate myself about what this is all referencing and yada, yada, yada. And yet, I have not the smallest interest. I but- think you saw a... um. <laughs> a good Tempest adaptation on screen. Like, there was one where they had um, the character of Prospero was gender-swapped and played by Helen Mirren, and it was amazing. Helen Mirren is amazing. She plays... Well, the whole idea of the Tempest is it's a revenge. It's a kill Bill, but with magic instead of samurai swords. Okay. And that's I the d- whole... Sorry, go ahead, Miles. No, no, no. 
<laughs> well, and, and having Helen Mirren in, I guess, the, that's the latest Tempest adaptation, I believe, in like 2011, I believe, or 2012. It was Helen Mirren playing Prospero. So it was perfect because it's Kill Bill with sorcery. All right. I mean, I like that description, but it's just sort of like, I guess, in reference to this. I get, I just, you know, I, I just get frustrated with things that I feel like I have to know another thing to get this thing. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, that's kind of the entirety of Sandman. It's really not, it's though, because that, there's enough context given to everything else that it doesn't feel yeah, like you're true. lost. That's this true. is true. Natasha, I'm sure Natasha got a chuckle of some of the DC superheroes showing up in the wake. And that like, was very amusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, I'm sure if Owen were here, he would have pointed out the other Easter eggs. Like, I'll, I'll bring it up later. Like, you know, Miles, you saw Dark Side, right? I saw, yeah, I saw Dark Side. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> we'll bring it up uh, when we get there, Natasha. But, you know, I love Shakespeare, and I love The Tempest in particular. Like, I, when I was in sixth grade, I directed a fucking, like, middle school play of The Tempest just because I really wanted to do The Tempest. And, oh my like, goodness. three people showed up, and two of them were my parents or some shit. Aww, you know, it was one of those adorable. things. No, it was fine. I'm, you know, but I'm, what I'm going to say is I love The Tempest that much, and even I was like, ugh. Man, do we really need these, like, full excerpts from the damn thing? I think that was part of it for me is, like, it's almost that he feels that, oh, if you don't know The Tempest, I'll put this in to help you out. And I'm like, that's not really doing that, though. You like, can't it, read Shakespeare. Just You can't just read Shakespeare. Like, piecemeal. Yeah. Yeah. It just, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, did it feel like those old school, like, I know they did this in the X-Men comic books of the 80s with Chris, when Chris Claremont ran it, where I think the first, entire first page is a crap ton of overwrought text boxes, keep giving you up to speed of, like, what you missed in the past 20 years of X-Men continuity. Because <laughs> he treated every single issue as if, even if it was, like, a four-part saga, as if it was your first time picking up. And so it's like, yeah. who the hell would pick up Dark Phoenix Saga in the middle of part six? Come on. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt about... Uh the openings of every Harry Potter book. I was like, nobody's going to start Harry Potter with book five, so we don't really need his whole history, but... Eh, I started with book three. Yeah, but you're a monster. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but you skipped book two, and I, I salute you for that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, if there was a single because I had that seen the movie and it was terrible. Without, so... That would be the one. Um, I actually went back and read book two later, and I was like, yep, wasn't missing anything. Wasn't missing anything. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm not trying to start this off on a wicked, like, negative note or anything, but I just figured that it was, a uh, Wicked negative. Wicked negative. The new podcast by Natasha Kingston. <laughs> so dark, so grim dark. <laughs> oh, man. So dark, so grim dark. That this is, is going to be the slogan man, for wicked negative. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not. I don't think Natasha's starting on a negative note. I think she's just addressing something that even I felt jarring when I read Sandman in its entirety as a, as a person, as a person, as a, <laughs> as a person. You know, my first day agree. as a person before I hit, I was a hell beast. Uh, <laughs> like I, <laughs> um, I didn't hate it or anything. I just like, but I definitely could see why. You know, I'm reading this going like, oh, Natasha is going to hate this. You know, I can totally understand why you do. Yeah, but it's, I um, thought that might have transferred to more of the, the whole Wake volume, frankly. But I'm happy it didn't. 
No, yeah. Why did you think it would? I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. I just had you a know feeling. what it is? I think it's because uh, we know you well enough to agree that you're the type of person who will enjoy a story, but will also care about how it ended. Okay. Yeah. And, and I feel that the last two issues, 74 and 75, it see, seems a bit disjointed and it feels like couldn't they just have thrown this in either Fables and Reflections or, um, I don't know, even World's End somewhere. It, it, it I, genuinely felt to me a little bit like he had these stories somewhere and was like, oh shit, I forgot about these. And like tacked them on to the end. Yeah. Or if he was like OCD and he wanted to end the series on a round number like 75. Right. I understand why the Tempest one was the final issue because he wanted to give Shakespeare the the final word on, you know, the whole thing about being free. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of what Dream was trying to do with this whole you know, subconscious scheme of his to kill himself. So I understand why it ended with that. And I understand why the one about Hob was where it was too, because it's kind of a, a little, you know, an important uh, loose end to tie up is like, okay, so the deal or whatever the dream and death made to keep Hob alive is effectively over now. Mm-hmm. So what's happening with him? Like I get why that was here and not in fables and reflections or in, or in world's end. But, yeah, I, I do think it was a, an interesting choice to to end with those two and to not have anything with the new dream um, or any of the other characters that we've come to know in those final two issues, with the exception of, you know, Hob and, and Death. It just, yeah, like um, the word that Anton used was jarring, and I really think that was it for me. It, it just, like... There was, I'm used to there being an epilogue after a great story arc with these. And when we start off with the guy lost in the desert Mm -hmm. and the completely different art style, I thought, okay, this is an epilogue that's going to sort of wrap up with the new dream and us seeing more of what he's about, at least like a tiny bit of what makes him different, um, expanded on from, you know, the other obvious differences that we've seen already and it then when it starts on yet another one after that, I got really confused. Like I genuinely stopped and looked and was like, am I supposed to be reading this? Like, is this part officially? Because I know, Miles, that your copies have been different from mine or what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started to get worried that I was in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it just I don't know. It just did not flow to me at all. Um, up until that, I was really enjoying. And if the last story with the uh, guy lost in the desert had been a wrap up with what felt like the new dream, it just didn't feel like that either. I honestly think he could have ended it with that last panel with uh, the family at the table mm-hmm. and then the, the line and then you woke up. Like, that, to me, would have been a perfect end. That's what I thought. I mean, if the, the epilogue with the guy in the desert, I would have been fine with. But I think it it should have ended with, and then you woke up. Like, I'm, I agree. don't understand I agree. why it didn't. Um, don't, I mean, I, frankly, I don't feel the need that much to, to cover those final, even those final three issues here. I mean, we can talk about them, but they're honestly not that important, especially since we know there's no more to the story. Yeah, I'm I'm all about basically ignoring them i feel like we've which, addressed them enough here that which can i just say <laughs> can i just say last episode guys last episode it is well it's okay fun. i'm taking a shot 
This is something that I wanted to address because I've had people say that they want us to continue with the other Gaiman stories set in this general universe, which I don't know what the next, like, apparently there are like, what, five more volumes? I mean, there's like, okay, so there's the standalone death series, which, yeah, that one's never and you don't want to... Oh, don't get me started with Sandman Endless Nights. And, <laughs> and then there's Overture, Sandman Overture, I read. The only thing I liked about Sandman Endless Nights is... I already posted the picture on my Facebook. I didn't tag you guys because I don't want it to, spoil, to be a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, but it's the one where it's like... Desire is addressing someone and... He, I think at this point it's a he. Takes the form of a he. Okay. And says getting what you want and being happy are two different things. And the person he's addressing says, I know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like the ones... There is some stuff in Sandman Endless Nights where it's, like, desire-centric, and that's cool. And then there's Little Endless, which is kind of cute. But, again, it's, like, it's it's like reading World of Ice and Fire. It's not going to completely change your... Com- <laughs> absolutely change your outlook on the first... The fir- the five books that are have been released that are A Song of Ice and Fire. Wow, I just realized we never finished that. Oh, well. We never finished what? World of Ice and Fire. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we bo- we all agreed that we were just, like, so overdone on the content because of yeah. the game, the the game, the show, yeah. that we would take a break. And, I mean, I'm fine with eventually going back and finishing it, but I'm, sure. I wasn't feeling any sense of urgency about it at that point because I was no, just so there, done. there is no sense of urgency. Um, uh, hopefully next year we'll have a new book to review. So Yes. Goodness, please, Winds of Winter, please, yeah. a new Cersei POV chapter. Yeah, right. But uh I don't know. I don't really if if you guys feel the need to um if you if you want to do Endless Nights, if you want to do the uh standalone death series and all that, I'd be willing to to do it with you, but I don't feel a burning desire like we won't have completed the story if we don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I because the thing is for me that this is the last volume that Owen even owns. Um so what I was planning on doing after this is covering Duncan Egg. Um mm-hmm. and Owen has never read Duncan Egg, so we three would be the spoiled ones for that and he would be coming into it fresh, which I think is oh fun. Oh my goodness, and I can't yeah. wait to I mean I can't wait for him to find out or meet, to meet the uh grandmother of a very well known Lannister in the oh. main series. Yeah, I can't wait for him to see a tiny little baby somebody that's horrible. Oh, that's um, horrible. <laughs> always was, always is. But, yep. so that was kind of the plan here, and I am I sort of feel like I'm satisfied with this being the last one for this, and if I were going to come back and cover things later, I would be cool with that, but there are so many other things that I feel like have a full arc waiting for me that... Yeah, I, I, mean, I just I've heard it said basically that the the other volumes after this can kind of ruin the first ten for you or not ruin it, but sort of you know what I mean. Like it's uh, I'm, I'm struggling to give an example without spoiling the shit out of people on other podcasts that I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but it's basically like uh, ten years later, and then you read the 10 years later and you're like, Oh, why did I read that? I didn't want to know any of it. Nobody's doing as well or is as awesome as I pictured them being 10 years from now. Oh man. 
I know exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> a lot of series try to do this. They try to do this with trying to recapture lightning in a bottle, and it's just like you should, just let it end. The only show that I think ever really did that properly was uh, Parks and Rec. Their finale was perfect. Oh, but that, but that it was part of the main story, though. Like, these are external. It's like if someone did, like, a, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the same way I'm having mixed feelings about having a, um, oh, perfect example. Heroes Reborn. Terrible. Oh, God. There what we is go. that? Heroes uh, Reborn. Heroes, even. the TV show that was okay. Oh, God. It ended awkwardly. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then they're, re- they're currently on the third episode of the reboot. Not really a reboot, but it's like it happens it's like not a, reboot. a decade it's after. Just, yeah. A decade after the main plot sort of cliffhanger I can't, ended. I can't with heroes. You don't want to get me started on heroes. Or, or, or like how some people learn mixed feelings about the Twin Peaks um, like second oh, sure. series. Reboot. Like, I mean, that is a reboot, right? I mean, that's... No, no, no. It's not a reboot. It's picking up like oh, yeah, exactly yeah, 20 years after Twin Peaks ended, yeah. which is like, what? That is... I didn't know that they did... I did not know Heroes Reborn was a thing. It just, yeah. Yeah, it just started. Oh my it's god! Like, and I think I'm only I'm constantly in the know of what shows are out was is because Project Fandom www.projectfandom.com come check us out. <laughs> cheap plug, right? Um, I didn't I mean, like. I don't I know. Don't... We've done like we've done. So this will be the 16th episode of Unspoiled Sandman, mm-hmm. which means we've been doing this for four months. Oh and, wow! That seems and, like that sounds way longer than it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and. uh... I th- I just think I don't know. I mean, a- as much as I love the sense of completion, I think I'm ready. I think we're all ready to kind of do something else, take a little break uh, from Gaiman's world, which is fun, but you know, mm-hmm. do something else. And and you know, I don't know. There are other stories out there, and I don't feel the need to just exhaustively cover all things Sandman. You know, exactly. I mean? And and there are other like non um, superhero comic books that I would love to cover with you, Natasha. And yeah. I'm I, there are so, some superhero comic books I'd love to cover with you, Natasha. <laughs> That's true. Well, there's also Runaways. That Runaways. Or, or we've been pushing, you know, Preacher. Yeah, Runaways or Preacher would be my, my next choice. But Preacher, we're going to do... the AMC show coming up. Oh my God. Natasha, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, but you would love Preacher so fucking much. <laughs> like, I, I just... You're so... You're, I know we both agree that you are one of those people that you'll get a kick out of how completely irreverent it is about organized religion <laughs> i mean about everything you would love everything about it like literally i'm trying to imagine a page of preacher that you wouldn't fucking love and i'm having a hard time uh i think her introduction to the vatican curia will have her cackling yeah right i like that i anyway. pictured as cackling because i feel like that's accurate 
but we're gonna do we're gonna finish this up. We're gonna do some Dunkin' Egg, and, and then I'm we'll see I'm what feeling next. good about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see what happens next. I, I I think that's a you know we kind of talked about that we were all thinking to take a short break of podcasting at all after Dunkin' Egg because all of us have schedules right now that are sort of murdering our souls. Yeah, um, just a little bit, just tiny bit. Yeah. Um, since we have to start recording at like 10.30 at night lately because not only does Anton have shit going on in his life, but I also have things I need to get done in the evenings. And it is really nice to have an evening where I can do that, even if I am starting recording Absolutely really late. Absolutely agree. But then I yeah. have to stay up until quarter of one in the morning. So, <laughs> you know. So we're thinking about taking a little bit of a break and then getting started on something after Dunkin' Egg is over, um, which may very well be the you know, history of Westeros or what is it? World of Ice World and Fire. Of Ice Fire. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to do Dark Tower eventually, I think. Oh, yeah. We definitely want to do Dark Tower. Um, that is just such a huge thing that I kind of oh, want to get the little stuff out of the way before we get into Dark, that. Dark Tower is, I think it might take longer than Harry Potter. Oh, shit. Well, that makes sense, actually, because are we gonna, we're going to do Dark Tower without doing it necessarily chapter by chapter, right? I, 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 however you want to do it, dude. Because I feel like we talked about there being weirdly short chapters here and there that wouldn't make sense to cover yeah, along. There, yeah, there might be. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I mean, sorry, I mean, guys, to get all over the place. But I just wanted to, because <laughs> we've been getting a ton of, like, messages from people who, since we're winding down on this series, have been asking us what we're planning on doing next. And I just wanted to give everybody an idea because uh, I don't want it to feel like I'm just ignoring when people request something because I definitely very much take into account what people want because I'm not obviously not going to try and make a podcast nobody's going to listen to. But um, also I don't want to continue with something and feel like I'm beating it into the ground and not necessarily that interested anymore because that's no fun for anybody. Yeah. Speaking from experience. Guys. With Tell her Game to do runaways. <laughs> Just- or preacher. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get started on this one, which right. once again, I really did like to start off with. Um, we start off with the it appears to be a white dove going and notifying all of Dream's family that he has passed away. Well, the dove it, notifies Destiny. Despair oh, gets right, a bat, bat. I think. everybody. Yeah. And I love that Death gets one, even though she's the one that was like there. Yeah, like she doesn't know. Like she I'm like an eagle. Does she I really need that? It looks I like think... a bald eagle, but some kind of eagle, for falcon sure. maybe. And Desire, what, what what are these birds that Desire got? Uh, turtle doves. Turtle doves. Oh. I made that up, but I think it's true. Um, <laughs> head cannon. Right, exactly. I need to get a little like sound effect for head cannon and just play it after I make something up. And so everybody really needs exactly you, you the need sound. a head cannon drop. Yes. I, no, I was going to say for head cannon, it needs to be that sound from Law & Order. Remember whenever they abruptly changed scenes? Oh, the chunk chunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um... Oh, yeah, and uh, we don't really see any bird come to Delirium, do we? She's just, Have like, there. Yeah, she just, she just shows up. Yeah. She's, or no, but we it's implied it's a magpie. It is? She's singing her, yeah, yeah she's singing her little song where she goes, one for sorrow, oh. two for sorrow, three for sorrow, four, <laughs> four, four, I don't know, but I'm all bored of sorrow, bored five of for sorrow. three, two, one. Yeah. And then seven, her, it's, she finishes with seven for a magpie who tells me where to go, so... <laughs> I really like I'm Bored of Sorrow. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. you are in the wrong book series, sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. Barnabas turns around and looks at her like, oh, brother. I love Barnabas. 
I want Barnabas and Matthew to get together and be best friends forever. Um, all right. So yeah, we start off with everybody like basically they're waiting around thinking that maybe destruction's going to show up. And then they go and meet the uh, dude from the necropolis. What's this guy's yeah. name? I, can't um, remember. I don't know if they even say his name at they, all. They had like super like they had names that sounded like Mennonite names like Jedediah, Jakarudra, Alazakil. <laughs> I think th- this guy's name is Mulder, though. It seems like is that's it really? What, that's what Death calls him. Yes, <laughs> Death calls him Mulder, and this is the he necropolis Letharge, right? He is the Sith Kundman. Yes. Of the Necropolis Letharge. First of all, it has the word Sith in it. Um, right. And they have to make an envoy out of mud to go and get this shroud for Dream. Right. Um, and these are all, all, all things that were, uh, you know, foreshadowed in the little, in, in the one issue of World's End. Yes. yes. That was all about Necropolis Letharge. Yeah. Um. I really enjoy, for some reason, them creating this envoy and the fact that he's, like, sticking around through the wake and stuff. And Yeah. Um, we don't really see anything, like, of what happens to him later, but he just makes me happy for some reason. And I kind of wanted him to be, like, important. And I was a little sad that he didn't wind up being important. I mean, this is important <laughs> work that he's doing, but he, in particular, <laughs> is not important. I think he's like a one-and-done creature where they had to create him for the occasion. Yeah. And the occasion is over. Because they can't have him, like, I mean, it's, you know, we, we, know, we know that this isn't the first time an Endless has died. So they can't recycle the one that they created for when despair, the first Despair died. They don't need to recycle him, but they could do something with him. You know, like, he could be an envoy on Earth for some weird thing. They have weird shit going on all the time. They could find something for him to That's do. That's true. It's DC Universe. Yeah. <laughs> The day after I read this, I went to work at the daycare that I work at, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of the kids came up to me, and they wanted me, they were like, you know, these giggling girls, and they wanted me to help them come up with a nickname for uh, one of the other teachers, right? Did they were you going say on... Plippy Ploppy Cheese Nose? No, I said <laughs> Iblis O'Shaughnessy. Nice. Nice. <laughs> what did they like, say? Yeah. They're like, Iblis, what? No, it has to be, I was like, okay, Fred. And they were like, all right, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he has to go, he, Delirium gives him a glowing jellyfish as a guide, which is possibly the best thing. It looks Iblis like something you buy at Have Ikea. a jellyfish, Iblis O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> I love how his name is Iblis O'Shaughnessy, and it's, it, it, it strikes me as one of those names, because Iblis kind of sounds like a very African name, I think. And then there's the O'Shaughnessy, which is hella Irish. Mm. And it's kind of like, um, what is it, that episode of 30 Rock with the uh, the very um, racially mixed an- news anchor, like Ava Mendez Arafat. <laughs> oh, right. I remember that. And she like inflects with the actual accent with every single different name that she says. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so he goes in, which one of them is dead, and he has to get the shroud. And this voice, I really want to know like what this voice is. Like... Is it the pillars of the universe, basically? Is that what it is? But well, it's... it says, as he's leaving, it says, he walked away from the low keening that echoed through the catacombs like a mother sorrowing for her departed child. Right. So that's kind of what I mean. Is it like, is it the I don't know. universe, I don't... like the mother? It's, um, it's something like that, I think. Yeah. I mean, do you? I'm I'm not familiar with DC universe cosmo cosmo well, cosmological mechanics. Because if this were the Marvel universe, I'd be like, maybe it's a celestial. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, DC is a little bit more. I, I feel that D- DC definitely drinks from curb the Kirby the Kirby porridge, so it gets a little crazy with their meta stuff. Well, and this isn't even like I don't I don't think uh, the Endless are canon DC because this was all this all came out through Vertigo. True. It, it just I think they're just on the fringes. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Like you know, I don't I don't think Batman you know he shows up later, but I don't think he in his own comic, has ever, or any of them, have ever run into the Endless. Well, I mean, um, recently, but it was more of, like, in, in the 2000s, where it was, like, uh, Lex Luthor bumps into death. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. I mean, sure, they'll, they'll use them, because they have the rights to the characters, but I just don't... I, I'm not sure it's worth trying to figure out where this all yeah. falls within the official canon DC cosmology. Exactly. I mean, like, just to let you know, Natasha, like, um, New Dream, Daniel Dream has shown up in Justice Society comics. Um, I just realized something that I kept on referring to Daniel as his son. And I was like, I don't really know why I'm doing that. And then it turns out to be that's the thing. I like not really, but but it's not like um, he is his son, but he grows up and takes his father's place in this sort of abstract way. So like the symbolism behind the father, the son takes the takes over for the father it sort of still well, stands yeah and and it's i think it's important to know that it's the symbolic son as opposed to the actual son the actual son was orpheus who was the sacrifice um so. i'm sorry i'm just getting a message from alan so i'm sorry i just got distracted for a second um we are doing a precast tomorrow because we're finishing season two of hannibal dun 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 oh my god so bad <laughs> Makes me want to eat human flesh. What doesn't? Let's be honest. Makes me well for the for the way where where you're where you are at in Hannibal right now. I've been craving a lot of bacon lately. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Still Anton. gotta watch that show. So good. Um, okay, so Kane comes in, and yeah, we're Kane back in the dreaming. is. Okay, so this was a little confusing to me at first because I wasn't sure if Kane knew that Dream was not the same Dream. Um, it appears that he does know, but he's just going to go ahead and treat him as if he is the same dream. Right. Um, and dream is unimpressed with his behavior as he puts it, because he's being very demanding about getting his brother back. It's so sweet though. It is sweet. It's like, he's masking the whole thing in this fucking contractual obligation, but it's clear that he just misses his brother. Yep. Um, and I like how Kane tries to uh, tries to throw a fast one with him reg- with uh, with legalese and right. bureaucratic nonsense with like, you know, this is my contract with your predecessor, and it's like, bitch, please. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, I also love Kane's when he asks Kane to describe Abel. Oh god, and he's like, describe him for me. Not as attractive as I. He is, and I'm being charitable here, Mark. You a gap tooth blubbering stuttering half wit no dress sense and a very very vague but continual smell of cabbage water about his person he chews with his mouth open the state of his bathroom oh god when he described the bathroom i was forcibly reminded of things that i would rather forget i'm Uh, not one to gossip but there are things crusted on his sink that have not simply developed intelligent life but have in all probability by now evolved their own political systems i I really enjoy the emphasis on certain <laughs> syllables within the words too for yeah. him. Yeah. So 
apparently this description is plenty. <laughs> Dream just like completely creates him and brings him back. Yeah, more than enough. I like how Dream's like, okay, you've given me enough to work with. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for that very unkind description. I think I nailed it. Um, nailed it. <laughs> Remind me of that episode of Futurama where Bender was drifting off into space and his backside created like, or his his extremes, it created those two new colonies, remember? I don't think I saw that one. It's an old Futurama episode where he plays God while he's drifting into space and <laughs> the back and the front of his of his cylindrical body become host to like intelligent life. And they go through <laughs> the whole like Stone Age, medieval, and then it ends with them both like basically thinking that the other is is out to kill them, so they shoot they develop like nuclear weapons and oh, destroy yeah. each other. That's oh not the God. first time Granig did that. Um but yeah. <laughs> I, I, Futurama for me is like, I know I've seen a lot of it, but every time somebody is like, hey, do you remember the such and such episode? I'm like, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No. <laughs> I was thinking the other day that it's the kind of show for me that when it comes on, I really enjoy watching it, but I never think to put it on. It's not the kind of yeah. show that I'm like, oh, let's watch another Futurama episode. It's always right. like, oh, this is funny. I forgot. You know? I never yeah. seek out Futurama. Exactly. I seek, I seek out Venture Brothers and, oh, my Rick, goodness. And Mor- and yeah. Rick and Morty. But... Those two shows. Oh, I definitely God. seek out Venture Brothers, especially with the promise of season six uh, later. Yes, finally. I have not uh, caught up at all. Freaking um, finally. All right. So Eve is talking to Matthew, who is and being he's... super fucking cranky. <laughs> yeah, he's sulking. Oh, um, me- forgot to mention that the artwork in this is so much more like uh, realist. And I really enjoy Matthew being like bearded. Yeah. <laughs> He looks so weird, but I really like it. Um, but yeah, sulking. And she's like, he gave, he gave me a message for you. Well, I'm not going to do whatever he says. Like, just assumes. And she's like, no, it's just a message. He's not giving you orders. Um, and he says to tell you the funeral is tomorrow. The wake is tonight. And he's just like, whatever, go away. He's dealing with some serious survivor's guilt here. He is. Yeah, she says, like, well, what would you have rather? And he was like, I wish I had died and then I wouldn't have been here being miserable now. And she just says, isn't that a rather self-centered point of view? And he's just, like, annoyed. Yes. Don't fucking point out my self-centeredness. God. (laughs) Don't you hate it when people do that? I really do. (laughs) I especially hate it when I do it to myself. Then I get mad at me and I don't want to speak to me for, like, a week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So 
Destiny led his siblings and their new maid attendant away from Iblis the necropolis. Iblis O'Shaughnessy. I just love that name. <laughs> and everybody's falling asleep. We have Nula falling asleep. She's at some inn, passes out at the table. We have Rose, who falls asleep in a chair. We have Richard. Um, Richard Maddock is the writer, right? Yep. Yes, the one who was cursed, uh, like he couldn't keep a coherent thought because he just kept on going with crazy. the ideas. He, he was cursed with the ideas. Right. I really just wanted him to be dead. I don't even want yeah. to deal with him ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Miles, you get me. I um, do. I, I want him dead too, and I am. I, I do feel a little bit like, okay, we know he and Calliope are both at this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted her to castrate him honestly the whole story with calliope just felt incredibly not dealt with to me like dream comes in and scoops her out of there and curses the dude who did this to her but she doesn't ever really get her own vengeance of any kind or get any sort of closure on her end she just goes, and he takes care of everything, and she doesn't even necessarily know about it. Like, I would at least, if he was going to curse somebody that raped me by giving, like, basically breaking their brain, I would appreciate him telling me that he did that. That might make me feel a little bit better. But he doesn't even bother with that. And uh, so, yeah, this here, when this guy is like, oh, I'm going to fall asleep and go to his wake, I was like, what? fuck you. You don't get to go to his wake. I was just, like, mad about it. <laughs> Um, and yeah, the fact that they were both there and she has this monologue about him, like doing her a solid and letting her go. And yet they don't reference that this guy is yeah. totally here. It just felt very weird. It she did. wasn't even I... around for Orpheus's thing. Like, I feel like she, we didn't get much of a reaction for her finding out that Orpheus finally died. No. Yeah. I, just, I feel like Richard, like why, like there are other characters throughout the course of the series. I, th- I feel like that don't show up here and would have been a better fit than Richard. Most definitely. You know, um, but anyway, I'm surprised he didn't die. This his story ended. His story happened like four years ago in the sto- um in the series' timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Just like comes back out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. I expected him to have like clawed his eyes out way before Thessaly and Dream even started dating. One could <laughs> wish. Yeah. Um, I would really anyway. enjoy seeing the kind of righteous fury that Thessaly would visit upon his ass. Okay, I'll, so I want to see Merv Pumpkinhead shoot him to death with an, ass- with an assault rifle. How about that? <laughs> I was I was also going to add that. First of all, I would love to see him attempt to even pa- throw a fast one and molest Cecily. Like, I, she seems like the type who will like hold on to his pinky finger as he tries to like grope her and just yeah. keep on holding on until he get rips off. It gets ripped in half. I would she really... would she would pull some like Vampire the Masquerade Tremere shit on his ass, dude. I was thinking of um. Lida and breaking the guy's arm by accident. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Dream plants a pumpkin seed. How adorable. Then he sets this little thing up as the pumpkin uh, vine grows, grows a whole new pumpkin, carves the pumpkin head, puts it on a little, you know, body, scarecrow body, and Murph Pumpkinhead just walks away with his hands in his pockets, all casual like. Um, and again, the realism of this illustrator in this scene with the pumpkin, especially at Halloween times right now, made me very, very happy. And I kind of <laughs> oh my gosh, want yeah. to like take that one frame of him carving the pumpkin and blow it up and make it my profile picture on Facebook right now. Um, it's amazing the detail. Like, I mean, the bangles of Dr- New Dream's 
hands, and then you see like the pumpkin juice as he's being carving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the vine like, coming off really at the like top. It. Yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous. I really, really liked it. Natasha, I don't want to derail us again or anything, but I don't, I, have we t- have we talked about uh, about my feelings toward the holidays in general? Because I know you're super into the Halloween season, um, and I'm just like we not. haven't. But I okay. would really prefer not to. <laughs> All right, <fair> enough. <laughs> I would rather not address the fact that you do not have any enthusiasm because right now I'm sitting in basically Halloween Central in my office, and. Yeah. Halloween is the prequel to the Christmas season because the 55 days of Christmas starts right after Halloween's over. I yeah, yeah. I prefer and to think of Halloween as like the awesome party before you have to like go to graduation or something terrible. <laughs> like not that I don't love Christmas cuz I do love the holiday itself, but all of the garbage that surrounds Christmas can go straight to hell. And the only so- thing I like about Christmas is the Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just not here for any of it, but that's all right. I'm, no, no judgment or anything. I think Halloween obviously. just doesn't have the baggage. So, like, there's candy and you get to dress up. Like, what's better than that? But Christmas has all this ghoulish. other shit. And I'm really not about... I don't like the competition to get people the best presents or feeling the need to get presents in general. Because I am fucking broke. And if anybody, including <laughs> Owen, thinks they're getting a Christmas present, I have a sad, sad story to tell them. Um, and yeah, anyway. and then having to go everywhere and never sleep and, you know, gain 12 pounds or is that just me? Um, <laughs> but Halloween it's, it's for me, it's a, it's a lovely excuse to be ghoulish without impunity. Anton, as if you need any yeah, reason. True. Come on. <laughs> okay, fair. But still to be more ghoulish than usual. Every day is Halloween for Anton Boleyn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Um. All right. So, Lyda falls asleep. Also, the poor thing. She got her brain back, but she's like not remembering what happened to Daniel. She's just like, she's she's somewhat sane again, but she's fucked. Yeah. Like genuine. She and it really is fucked. It's just I don't. Later on, there's this scene where Dream sort of quote forgives her. And I don't feel like he has the right to even act like he gets to forgive her for shit because she got fucked with so monumentally for such a long time by so many people that what she winds up doing is absolutely excusable to me. You know, uh, it's understandable. Excusable is another matter. Excuse- I, I'm sorry. Somebody comes, steals my baby, shows me a picture of it having been burnt to a crisp and I, previous to this, was pregnant for, like, seven years and stuck in, in somebody's coma. fucking dream brain in a coma. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna snap. That's just no. going to happen. Like I said, it's understandable. I'm not sure I, you know, she, there is still the fact of the matter is that she was instantly like, this fucker, it was him. I'm going to kill him. I'm, but it wasn't, he specifically says to her, I will be back for this child. And it was, it looks like orchestrated by him so he did it and he she was right i'm just saying (laughs) you're just saying nothing so a quick question though (laughs) quick question who if you had to choose to push one of them out the moon door would it be liza aaron or lyda hall oh liza aaron yeah liza aaron for sure absolutely in a heartbeat yeah liza is just a shitty person even when she was younger 
she was a shitty person. Lyda, it feels like, got turned into a shitty person. Lyda got, got screwed. Yeah. I mean, That's she, true. There's no bones about it. And but, at least Lyda Hall never resorted to raping a man. Because, I mean, the, the, the under, underreported fact that, let's be fair, Liza kind of raped Peter Baelish. Do you think? I kind of get the impression that she took advantage so. of him. I don't think so at all. I get the impression she really took advantage of him and he thought that he was boning Cat. Because he was so, like, drunk on milk of the poppy. Oh, you mean when they were kids? Yeah, remember? And then oh, Brendan, oh. she took advantage of him when Brendan, like, almost killed him, and he was in recovery, and she snuck into the room. And Because remember, Peter Baelish still insists like... that he had sex with Catelyn. He really thinks it was Catelyn. I don't think that he really thinks no. it was Catelyn. I think, I think he just says shit. that because he's an asshole. Okay. Because he wasn't so out of it that he didn't know who she was. It was just that he she didn't care that well, he wanted he... her sister. He and, claims to have had sex with both of them. Right. So that's like, I think that he definitely had, you know, had sex with her knowing who she was, wanting her sister, and she knew he wanted her sister, but she wanted him so bad that she didn't care. And then he was like, oh, and I'll just make up the fact that I banged Kat too, just because. Because he's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, fair enough. Okay, sorry, Song of Ice and Fire, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Alexander Burgess, he had woken up, he looks real frail. Um, and I kind of looks like a uh, Von G- Van Gogh in this one. Oh yeah, I see that. Um, yeah, at this point when it's like, oh, he falls asleep, and I saw because obviously all of these panels, everybody's falling asleep. I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck. I'm sure he doesn't want to fall asleep anymore. And uh, yeah, he doesn't, but he does fall asleep, and it isn't a terrible dream after all in the end for him. Yep. Um, and Robert Gadling. Hey, it's Hob. What's going on, yo? Um, so back in the dreaming, uh, dreams trying to recreate, uh, what I always want to call Soylent Green. But- <laughs> <laughs> Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's, Fiddler's Green. Green is people too. <laughs> That's right. Um, or as Owen likes to call him, uh, nice Teddy Roosevelt, I think is what he keeps calling him. Non-racist Teddy Roosevelt. Non-racist. Well, one, one doesn't really know. But hopefully not. Um, and yeah, he just is not having it. Dream's like, but I'm giving you your life back. And he's like, yeah, I don't fucking want it. Because then my death would mean nothing. Which I honestly appreciated him saying. Because while I'm super glad that Merv and, you know, company basically got put back together again. It did sort of negate the loss a little bit. Yes. So I appreciate well, and- that was addressed in and we way. see it a little bit later when Matthew runs into Merv and he's like, you're not Merv. Yeah. Like, Merv is dead. Yep. And I mean, yeah, I just, I, I appreciate that with Dream at least, there's a lot of little things that people are like, oh, yeah, he would never have done that. Okay, you're not him. We don't really get that with Merv because he's such a side dude, but still. Well, he's I, such a straightforward character. I mean, you know, Merv is Merv. Right. But... The, the entire dialogue between the two of them is quite amazing, to be quite honest, because I feel that it's a nice um, it's a nice critique by Gaiman regarding, you know, this is a comic books here, so it's a medium where the life and death are just a revolving door. Mm-hmm. That's a Jean really Grey good being point. a perfect example that a lot That's of people a like. That's a really good point. I just like it. It made me think of um, George R. R. Martin saying that Gandalf should have stayed dead because his sacrifice just doesn't mean that much when he just comes right back again. And uh, I kind of, like, this is, I mean, 
But in, <laughs> I, I'm tempted to be like, yes, Jesus should have just stayed dead. But, you know, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I'm saying because I don't believe he came back anyway. But, but in comics, saying. I mean, <laughs> Natasha, you're not a big comic book person. You, you didn't, like, grow up steeped in this culture. But the concept of death in comics is so incredibly broken that's what I have come to like I'm like you said I'm not in the culture but I am not the kind of person who feels invested in a lot of um hero deaths in like the Marvel movies and stuff because I don't feel like it's ever something to worry about because they can be brought back in any number of ways. Hey, hold on I mean, guys, I'll be right back. Uh-oh. Um but yeah, like I I mean spoilers for Age of Ultron. But when a certain character is surprised, shot in the back a billion times, it was super sad. I tend to think that he is actually dead. But Joss Whedon's like, yeah, I really hope they keep him dead, but not really sure that they will. It's not a guarantee. They might bring him back. And I don't think that bringing that character back would be any good because the whole point of the sacrifice was that it was for somebody that he kind of didn't even really like. And he was just that willing to put his life on the line for somebody else. So what's the point of that? If you get to, it doesn't matter whether he knows he can come back or not. It's that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now we feel like there's no stakes anymore. Exactly. And, and I mean, even when people do come back, it's I like how, you know, with with a spoiler. But I mean, this is a, this is a your unspoiled is based off of a song of ice and fire stuff. Anyway, so everyone knows about Lady Stoneheart. I would like to believe mm-hmm. your core listeners. So, I mean, I like how Martin, when he writes ladies, when he creates Lady Stoneheart, she doesn't come back. Or the, the, she's not like cat that we know when she was mm-hmm. a POV character. So I like how even with resurrection, it's a little broken. Same thing with like uh, Thor, uh, not Thor, Samir, um, Beric Dendarian. Mm-hmm. So, hey, so, spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> my my roommate was locked out of the house. I had to go let her in. She, oh, she oh. was tapping at my window. Um, tap 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 me at your chamber door. <laughs> That's right. Oh my yes, is the season. But yeah, I am. Um, I'm like you said, Anton. With Stoneheart, it's like she she comes back, but she's not who she was. Like she's a totally different person, character, whatever you want to call her. So that really doesn't count. It's when they bring somebody back, and they don't make an effort to make at least dream comes back, but it feels like it's a restart. Like you're starting a, you're it's like starting a video game and you're playing again, but you play a slightly different character. And so things are just a little off from the first time you played and decisions are a little different and results are a little different. I'm satisfied with that. Um, and I feel like that's a really interesting thing to do. So I'm I'm glad. Yeah. And I think, 
I'm, I'm glad that uh, that Fiddler's Green opted out. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so Titania is uh, all in black on her noble steed coming to the wake. The angel Duma, uh, who's not exactly fallen, more toppled perhaps, or even tumbled, <laughs> um, invokes the door of, to the um, dreaming. In the, I, I know you haven't read Good Omens, or have you? I don't. You haven't read Good Omens, have you, Natasha? Uh, you should. But um, uh, at the beginning of Good Omens, there's a bit where they they're like introducing all the characters, kind of like they do in plays. You know, like so and so, his son, his wife. And uh, at one point, there's a, there's a, a bunch of like fallen angels. You know, so and so, a fallen angel. So and so, a fallen angel. And then it gets to one of the main characters whose name is Crowley, and it says Crowley. An angel who did not so much as fall as saunter vaguely downward. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy this. Um, And Lady Bast, who is, she is like getting really old and she has to scrape together some belief and worship and prayer in order to restore herself. A cacho in Glasgow. I love that so much. Um. Yeah, and so she is heading to the Dreaming also. And then when we uh, turn the page, it's all the people who had fallen asleep and, and, you know, everyone previously mentioned just walking down the steps into the Dreaming, which I really enjoy this imagery. Um, Because that is what it feels like when you start to fall asleep, like you're descending. Mm. Um, And everyone's like, I don't know where I am. What are we doing here? Somebody says that Dream is dead. and uh, Bast, Bast is the one who tells them. Oh, right. And Hob is not happy about it. And Ch- K- Chiron, is that how you say yeah. his name? Mm-hmm. Picks him up because Hob starts to like beat at him, <laughs> which I'm like, well, you're brave, dude, because he's about seven times your size. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hob understandably just figured that Dream would outlive him. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not really that big that's, a thing to assume is going to happen. I understand why he kind of thought that was a guarantee. That's one of the most poignant things about his episode or his issue later on mm-hmm. is when is when you finally get the sense that like he was sure yeah. that if there was one person that he wasn't going to outlive, it was Dream. Yep. And he did anyway. And yet he still isn't ready to die. Nope. Um. So... Yeah. So he's like, but I'm dreaming. And she's like, well, yeah, you're dreaming because he died and we have to go. Where would his wake be other than in a dream? She's like, duh, dude. And then he looks up, mother of God, what are they? And she says, them? They are the family. Oh, the family. And they're ginormous. I really love the uh, the way that they're like underlit. Um, It's not even it's not like firelight it's like a bluish like moonlight or something uh i really really like this illustrations are good on this one so they're constructing a house mausoleum of basically yeah house of remembrance they call it at one point and then they call it mausoleum later mm. um there's a woman crying blood or do we know her or are we supposed to know her i think she's just a random member of the dreaming okay i i don't remember her like the guy behind her who looks like there's a black hole he has a black hole for her face and he tried to put a veil on and then just got sucked in (laughs) i thought he looked like an anus oh you have not seen if you want to see someone who looks like an anus read preacher i was about to say i thought he looked like arse face from preacher 
I was gonna. I thought you were totally gonna be like, you want to see somebody who looks like an anus? Watch Google. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like, and name any politician here, but probably Donald Trump. Oh, um, <laughs> but Donald Trump looks like a. I don't. He doesn't look like he an anus. Like but he looks American. like something else. He looks like something else just as terrible. He looks like a merkin, a gold <laughs> merkin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I will never unsee that in my head. Oh. So this person tells this very long, strange story about giving their curtains personalities before handing her a piece of a curtain to wipe her face with. I feel like that's Richard, but it might not be. It doesn't look like him. Maybe, Maybe it is. Not. I mean, but they all look different in the dream, though. Like Alex is a kid again. Oh, that's yeah, true. So yeah. adorable. Um, yeah, that's true. Maybe it is him. I don't know then. And in the in the in his dream form, Alex kind of looks like Rusty Venture in the flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so, so we find out that uh, the new dream can't attend the wake. Right. And it wasn't until this point that I really realized that he's not in color because he's like not officially who he is yet. Mm. Like, I just I would like to register my incredible amount of respect for that tiny little detail which i find very enjoyable um little things that come to pass along the way and don't have to be explained i like when people don't explain stuff it's my favorite so okay um yeah he cannot go because they have to say goodbye before they can officially address or recognize him um and Lucien is leaving with. Go ahead, say it. Iblis O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> I like how Iblis O'Shaughnessy is wearing this lovely, like, monk robe, mm-hmm. you know, priestly garments. And then there's that. Remember um, Desire before they brief life? Heart, and Desire the heart. On his heart. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I really like the heart on him for some reason because it's like everything is so uh, sort of like high fantasy looking. But then there's just this heart. Which feels very like Lisa Frank. Um, <laughs> very Lisa Frank. <laughs> I also love this conversation between Iblis O'Shaughnessy and Lucien, where he's just like, "Who who who is that guy in the white?" And Lucien's like, "That's Dream of the Endless." He's like, "But Dream of the Endless died." And he's like, "Yeah." So <laughs> and he's like, "Keep up, keep up, dude. Come on." So Iblis O'Shaughnessy is like, "Then who are you mourning?" And then Abel's like a point of view, and Kane's like, "Fuck you, telling your secrets." <laughs> oh, Kane, and then and Lucien has to step in and be like, "Kane, like, not dude, today. Put the rock down, buddy. <laughs> like just this one time." What do we say to the god of rocks? Not, not today. Evil, so Jonasy. <laughs> no, what do, they, what do we say to the god of secrets? Not today. Oh, but but all right, that's true. Um, as far as I'm concerned, what I'm saying to the god of anything, if I meet him or, or it, is Iblis O'Shaughnessy. And that is all. <laughs> so, this is when we meet with, uh, what's her face? Calliope. Calliope. Cal- 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 Calliope meets up with Titania Calli- and... Calliope. Sorry, Cal- Calliope. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the ex-girlfriend big- yeah, brigade on this it's, panel. It's the ex-lovers club, yeah. yeah. And this is what bothered me. This, like, really... I don't him being invited and I use invited in quotes because I'm not sure that's really You're a thing. You're talking about Richard Maddox? Yeah. It bothered me to begin with. And I was like, well, all right, fine, whatever. And I was like letting it go. Then they have this whole thing and I just was like, so 
we just find out about this whole story of hers and her being a person with a life like after the fact with no sort of closure for anything that she's really experienced it's all she's just like secondary to the experiences of everybody else around her it's but the t- her eulogy though feels very much like an ex-wife but it's not it's not like that she it's not like what she's saying doesn't mean anything it feels like within this story she doesn't mean anything what she says here is i think perfectly perfectly fine she feels like she said goodbye to him ages ago and that who she's saying goodbye to now is just somebody who did her uh a good turn as she puts it but to me the fact that being imprisoned and raped for years by two different men maybe more than that probably more than that um Two, I think. Maybe I don't know how he got a hold of her. The first guy. If we does he tell yeah, us yeah, that? You, yeah, you yeah, do. He yeah, he did. He captured yeah. her. He, he knew the spell, and then he he he. Did oh, that's right. He goes it. and yeah, finds we, her clothes or we, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we saw the story of her capture. Well, in any case, that she's being held, and then, um, you know, this guy comes and bails her out of it, and she just calls it once did me a good turn, and that's like all the sort of addressing that that whole thing gets from her point of view. You know what I mean? It just like bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I feel like if, if we could go back and look at her story and we at least get like one more look back at how she's doing within her story, like the day after being released or, anything about her but it's just he comes and saves her and then the story is completely about dream and so it feels like she's nothing but a device for him to come in and fuck with somebody i mean frankly it's a little bit weird that like right after he rescues her she's you know she she mentions it here you know for a moment like for a moment i could have loved him once more but the moment passed and we like saw that moment where she was just like, "Hey, you want to meet up sometime?" Like yeah. now that I'm done with this, that's a little problematic. Like when I was reading it, I, I once again, there are things that I'm like, "Well, okay," and I let it go until they kind of crop back up again, or something yeah. else like also rings wrong with me. And this was like the the that story in general. While I thought the premise was really interesting, the way it ended, I was just not satisfied with at all in terms of just like her point of view but thinking that was the end of it i'm like whatever i'll let it go it was like a one-off story that's fine but then you bring everything back and you bring both people back and it doesn't feel like any of that had any sort of resolution that's satisfying to the victim who should matter the most um it it just you know so not i don't want to harp on it too much but it just like it felt with me that she's just like oh and he once did me a good turn without even mentioning what was actually happening at the time it felt very disingenuous to me her whole speech until that point i was on board with and then she just dismisses this like what i would imagine is an incredibly traumatic time with this one line of dialogue and not acknowledging the dude being there and i'm not sure if she knows he's there or not but it's all about dream. I mean, her her entire character beyond that, the one issue before dream shows up, is just all about her in relation to dream. Yeah, which I think is the problem. And even her son, like dream, we don't see anything about like her reaction to that. 
um, when he finally kills him and what right. goes on, you right. know, like, so yeah. it just, it just feels like she's around when they feel like having somebody be sad and that's like, <laughs> that's it. Um, anyway, so yeah, not happy about that one. That's fine. Uh, so Matthew shows up and he's just like irritated by the fact that Merv is here acting like nothing is wrong. Right. Um, because at first, who is it that Merv is talking to that's standing there in the suit coat, the black guy? I don't know. Um, I wasn't sure if that we were supposed to know who that is. But anyway, Merv steps in and is like, talking to dreamers is like talking to zombies or something. I don't know why I even try. And this is when he's like, wait, what? You're dead, goddammit. You were destroyed by the kindly ones. You were blown to friggin' bits. <laughs> And he just says, so, and, like, <laughs> keeps drinking. Um, and he flies off and just says to Merv, screw you, which I can't really blame him for. This is very jarring. Yeah. Um, so he goes back to the castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the castle is all white at this point also. Yeah, that's true. I love the line, too, where... where Dream says, shouldn't you be at the ceremony? And he says, what ceremony? All I saw was a shitload of people I didn't know and a bombed pumpkin. <laughs> uh, um, and Matthew's being kind of antagonistic here because he resents New Dream. But yeah. New Dream is like, listen, dude, I don't know what's going on. Like, kind of don't blame me for this. I'm just here. Like, this just happened to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I know that I am ancient. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. But I'm also fucking terrified of meeting my family for the first time. And those two things shouldn't be true simultaneously. That was a really sweet line. Yeah. Because, like, I'm tomorrow I meet my brothers and sisters for the first time and I am afraid. Daw, what if they don't like me? Um, oh, new dream. He's not an arrogant, pompous prick like the old one. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, so far he's kind of an improvement. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I will say this much: based on what my what I've seen of old despair, new despair is not a chatty bitch. Old despair was super chatty, so I, I'm wondering. Mm. How do we know old despair was super chatty? Because she, they mentioned that in um the, when they did show old despair in like the like the. Uh, issues that happen later like the one where she's meeting with Rao the god of the Kryptonians and all oh, that stuff. Okay. She, she likes to talk a lot and she's very much like oh she's definitely looks like she was an Edgar Allan Poe groupie <laughs> um okay so then we see Mad Hetty yep she's the one that was with Constantine is that the lady that's, that's right yeah okay I can't believe that I actually remember that um but yeah yep. she's just talking about the fact that uh dream would basically treat her with more respect than anybody else that uh he would always give her a coin and she never spent them she saved them all um and he wished her sweet dreams and she'd say well that's kind of up to you isn't it and he seemed to like that 
and she's bummed. Um, when all was said and done, he was all right. Poor old bugger. Aw. <laughs> um, and then we have Nula and her brother, her douchebag cunt of a brother, <laughs> um, who it turns out was not the bogger. Right. Surprise. There's this weird dude in a robe that shows up right next to her that neither her nor her brother appear to even address. Oh, my <laughs> even God. Even though he looks like a legit, like, Halloween prop. Um, he looks like a Dementor. Like, if the yeah. Dementors, their, their feet touch the ground, like, for once. And if they wore white instead. Um, and, yeah, he pulls his hood back and he looks exactly like Chloricon, except all of a sudden, boom, he's got horns. It's Hannibal. Um <laughs> It's yeah, it's the white heart or whatever. It's the, the nemesis. Oh, yeah, that he that he vomited he us. Vomited. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what is it? A, about that. What was the term in the Hannibal episode? A uh, necrotic birth or whatever. You, I don't remember. No. Involving um the first case involving Margot Vercher. Oh right, that I don't one. remember. Oh. But oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love how I love it's how not- the nemesis. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring the conversation back. Yeah, okay. Um, I was gonna say I love how he keeps calling him the Clericon. Oh yeah, not, not Clericon. <laughs> I love. Um, I am your nemesis, and he just goes, "Oh, <laughs> aren't you meant to be busily trying to destroy me or something?" At a wake, where would be the manners in me if I tried such a thing? Um. But yeah, basically, he's like, but I'll be coming for you. And then he walks away and Clericon's all like, you don't scare me. And then he stops and is like, fuck. Anybody got a drink? Yup. Um, and he says, what kind of wake is this with no music and no dancing and no songs? And he gets the party started because that is Clericon's number one job. And he just declares, you, you're a fiddle player. And it's what's his name? Yeah. What's the I, guy? Does I he can't remember say? his fucking name. Oh, yep. The guy that always goes, Ayo. Um, and he's like, yeah, of course you are. You're the finest ever. Perfect. Um, and then we go to Titania, and she's saying, my association with Lord Shaper, and she's basically talking to his other exes, and is like, none of your fucking business. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's these three, obviously, are having this conversation throughout the issue. Yeah. But um, you know with Titania, though, I feel that with the way she's being really arrogant, she's one of those, like, um, has-been divas that's still holding on to her, to her precious um, fame and being like, okay, if I just create, mis- if I just, like, exude this aura of mystique, people won't know the truth, which is nothing probably happened between me and Dream. That's kind of what I felt like, too, is that probably the history between them is not very complex and she pined for him way more than him for her and she's just choosing to keep it close to the vest because it's kind of embarrassing for her at this point there definitely Um, was a history though oh definitely but it just it feels like it was probably really one-sided and to be between these two women one of whom had a child with him and the other who he loved so desperately that it like ripped his heart out when they split up probably feels a little bit like oh well it, it it wasn't like that with us i guess i just won't talk about it right you exactly. know? <laughs> comes and off way better if i just make it out to be all mysterious exactly, exactly. she's the queen of the fairy she has a reputation to maintain that's right she's like i sent him a bouquet of flowers he didn't <laughs> it. Yeah. um okay so i told him they were ed- edible arrangements he told me <laughs> i don't eat flowers 
Get it? Get it? Because they're edible arrangements that are actually edible, but they're not flowers. Nobody? Is this thing on? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Matthew is all hunched up. I really enjoy his cranky pose throughout this whole thing, his cranky cranky bird pose, because this really is what birds do when they get all, like, irritable. Um, But, yeah, Dream's talking to him about how, like, I saved your life. The Corinthian was going to kill you. And he's just like, fucking stop trying to pat yourself on the back. Maybe I should have just died. You're annoying. Is essentially what it boils down to. And, uh, and he says, can you send me on to wherever it is that ravens go when they've had enough? And Dream is like, yeah, sure. Let's wait until after the ceremony. And if you still decide that you want to go, you can go. And will it hurt? yeah, he does a little sad. Will it hurt? Um, and then we have the, uh, the guardian of the gate. What is his name? The Griffin? He's a Griffin, right? Yeah. Yes, Um, a new Griffin. Yeah, a new Griffin, which is odd because he didn't just just recreate the old one. He actually summoned a new one. Yeah, he, like, recruited. Yeah. He, He went to a couple of the big schools. Um... I really, really love later that he's petting the griffin and it's purring. Oh, yeah. That yeah. I actually said out loud. Aww. And and they point out that the other old dream never did that. Never touched them. That He was always yeah. really nice and kind and whatever, but he never touched them. Um, I like how new dream and new griffin are both, in a sense, they're, they're simil- they have similarities in the sense that they're both new to this new job. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get a feel of how things are. And I kind of like that. Um. I just love, like, there, nothing seems more appealing to me in a very, like, comforting sort of way than the thought of a giant cat purring that you can, like, snuggle up with. Doesn't that sound like the best thing? That YouTube video of that yeah. guy that's, um, that's, that. that's snuggling with the lion. Remember the lion hugs him? Yes! Like, that is amazing to me. And I'm sure that probably, if you actually get hugged by a lion, they're super heavy. They probably stink. Their fur probably isn't nearly as soft as it looks like and maybe is a little bit greasy. And their claws probably kind of hurt you and you have to kind of pretend they don't hurt you, but they really do. I'm guessing it's not the most awesome thing like it seems, but it seems so awesome. And I really want (laughs) a giant purring cat so badly. Oh, the sound of a cat purring just puts me instantly into a good mood. I'll tell you what, I'll think about it for your next birthday, Natasha, Please. which is in like a year. Make sure that it is not real. Just <laughs> no, from me to you, tip. Just make sure it's not real. I'll make sure that you dream about it. Yes. Yeah. Um. So Rose meets up with Lyda here. Um, oh, God, this is the most awkward thing. Poor, oh. So Rose... It's like, don't you remember me? Like, just like, whatever. Just basically not responsive at all. And Rose finally says that she's pregnant. And Lyda says, kill it before it breaks your heart. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And she even brings Jed. Yeah. Which I was, I forgot all about Jed. Like, what happens to him? He's chilling. But, he's, I mean, he's better in now. Life, like, what happened to him? Doesn't he get kidnapped by the Corinthian at one point? Yeah, but that's yes, like... He does. But that all wrapped up when Lyda's story also wrapped up, and yeah. we get the sense well, well, that three well, years later just moved on. Yeah, we uh, we last saw him at the end of the doll's house, hanging out with his mom and Rose. Okay, right. Okay, 
I wasn't sure if he died and he was back here, but not really, or if he was really dreaming or what. Okay. Yeah, he's just I chilling. I could not remember. No, he's dreaming, but the funny part is, remember, his entire um, interaction with Lyda and Lyda's uh, deceased husband was in his dream, so... Oh yeah, like, yeah, that's he's right. right. He yeah, says, weird, she and again. her old man used to live in my head. That's yeah. right. So it is so weird for him, because it's just like, he's sharing this dream with Rose, but at the same time, these people who were his... his for him, his imaginary friends are also are in their shared dreams, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like, really, really, like, hyper-real, but not for him. yeah. Right, and I really do. I really do enjoy the way all these disparate characters who have had like random ass connections with Dream and might have passed each other by. You know what I mean? Like they're all coming together here, so they all get the opportunity for these little brief interactions. Like, oh, she and her old man used to live in my head, which makes it even more annoying that Calliope never reacts to Richard Maddock being there. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just I'll just put it down to that she didn't run into him because there were like thousands of people. So let's just let's just busy pretend that she's busy talking to to Tanya and and Thessaly. Um. Um, Okay. Then we got Matthew, right? Yeah, and he's going back to the cave, and he's talking to everybody before he leaves um, about that. he says he saved my life, that the Corinthian was going to kill me, and he made it so that it was that Nibis thing instead. Um, and she says, that I'm sure he did. He has no reason to lie to you. So the Corinthian really was going to try and kill him, but it was just that that spider that had escaped. He made it look like it was that spider. No, I think because I, uh, Daniel Dream said he changed the Corinthian's mind. Oh, so instead of instead of the Corinthian wanting to kill him, he wanted to save his life. Okay. From a threat that Dream put there. Because um, I guess, you know, somebody had to die, apparently. Um, but it was the Nibis. And I love, I, again, last time I'll, I'll go back to the, the origins of Matthew's character. Um, but we have this bit where Lucian uh, wants to drink with Matthew, wants to have a drink with him. And the guy, the uh, the Bartari Raja is there, mm-hmm. who I think yes. is the, he's the Indian dude from the ship, from right? The ship from the ship story, yeah. End. Yeah. And, um, and uh, Matthew is insistent he doesn't drink. And he says, I stopped drinking the hard way. I and, died of a drunk driving accident. Yes. And, and uh, the Bartari Raja says, the night can make a man more brave, but not more sober. I take your point. Which is the line from the issue of Swamp Thing where Matthew, human Matthew, gets in a car accident after getting behind the wheel drunk. The the narration is, the night can make a man more brave but not more sober. I love it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually, like, technically not true, though. Like, eventually the night will make you more sober. As long as you don't drink anymore. <laughs> you know. So will the day, whatever. But, but yeah, um, but it's one of those fuck yeah lines, especially since the way the issue was wrapping up when that line was dropped was, oh, drunk driving accident. Ah, yeah. okay. And also selling a soul to the devil. Um, but Oh, know. yeah, that too. Let's, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mad, like, you, Natasha, you're meeting Matthew, like, in his raven form. Matthew is a lot more chill than who he was when he was human. Yeah. I get that impression. If you had ever read any of his Swamp Thing stuff, you would hate him so much. (laughs) Um, 
So, yeah, he's talking to Lucien here about why did he let it happen? And Lucien is just saying, uh, he says, charitably, I think sometimes perhaps one must perhaps one must change or die. And in the end, there were perhaps limits to how much he could let himself change. Yeah. Um, which I really enjoy that because it it feels to me like that can be very true of people in life that those who try the hardest not to change seem to have a hard time um holding on to stuff just seems like a bad idea in general um at the same time changing completely is that even possible i don't know i'm never really sure about whether people can a can a leopard change its spots sort of thing um but i like that line yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i i've known people to change in significant enough ways that I, I'm not really down with the whole no, you know, no one ever really changes mantra. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, I think that, you know, he's not a person dreams not a person. He's an aspect yeah. of an idea. So yeah, that re- remember his little um, um, monologue to Matthew when he was holding up the emerald before he was done in by yeah. the fates, by the furies, about the the facet and catching the light. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <coughs> um. So then we get Thessaly, and she tells us the story of the two of them together, which I found much more interesting than seeing the two of them together. <laughs> um, and essentially, what she says is. He was so in love with her that she thought she was in love with him, which, holy shit, has uh, totally been there. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. You get so swept up in how much somebody cares about you and how in, they infect you with this like fever almost of, of lust or excitement or obsession and you think that's love and you like – project it back to them without realizing that it's just reflecting. It's not actually originating from you. Mm-hmm. And then sun was amazing by the way. Yeah. The moon, which I mean, she, it, yeah. And the fact that he eventually gets like kind of tired of her, but he doesn't even realize that he is and sort of leaves her to do his work and is just not as interested because he's got her now. And, once he stops being as obsessed with her, she realizes that she never really loved him. That as his his fire starts to fade away, the reflection that she was projecting back at him starts to dim. And she's like, wait a second. Um, and he never tried to get her to stay or actually asked her not to leave or did anything to stop her because he is a proud bastard was a proud bastard um he he waits he he doesn't do anything to try and keep her but as soon as she's gone he makes it rain for days right yeah um yeah that is such a okay not all men but seriously (laughs) just just don't don't even don't but what is it with and i'll i'll say this about people but as a woman having only dated dudes um that I just is, meant don't. I just meant don't use the not all men thing because fuck that shit. Who cares? <laughs> well, I'm just saying I don't want people writing to me because you know that will happen. Um, but it is a real thing that 
guys just are inactive. They behave as if it's inevitable that you're going to stay no matter what happens. And then when you do leave, they act as if the sky is falling. And it's like, I (laughs) very explicitly told you this would happen if nothing changed and nothing changed. So this is what happens. I wasn't fucking with you. I wasn't lying. People act like women are so mysterious. A lot of the times we say exactly what we mean and you just don't want to fucking hear it. So you pretend we didn't say it. Yeah. I think think that's hashtag yes all people personally. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. And yes, all sexualities, because this shit with Larissa uh, slash Thessaly is so real to me. Mm -hmm. I have been there (laughs) with the um, thinking that I loved someone. And then as, you know, things passed passed on, I realized he was just so infatuated with me. And I was just reciprocating, like, in terms of equal equivalent exchange, Mm -hmm. giving me. Exactly, and then eventually you sober up and you realize, no, oh, this isn't love. It's it's the, the the infatuation's gone. It's subsided. The fires have died, and it's like mm. it's so weird because that was what scared me a lot about meeting Owen was that I was so afraid that I didn't. What if it wasn't real? What if I didn't really love him and I just thought I loved him? And I've I've completely gotten past that now, but. It is a terrifying thing. I mean, it's not like I didn't love Brendan, but I realized a while ago that I love him in a totally not should not be married kind of way. And you don't when you are meeting somebody of the opposite sex, you're both heterosexual. You have an intense chemistry together. You just think, oh, we should be a couple. Well, that really isn't necessarily always the best idea but that's what he and i immediately jumped to and really we'd be much better off if we had not but it's just a natural thing to think like oh this means xyz and really Mm. it can mean zyx you know Uh, it's funny you you posted something on facebook natasha i hope it's all right if i say this yeah but um that was i think it was today where you, it was a picture or something, it was like, and you posted it to Owen, and it was like, uh, how much, you know, the, a boyfriend girlfriend relationship, and the boyfriend going, how much attention do you need? And she, they're laying on the floor yelling all of it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, I, and I saw that, and I thought to myself, like, okay, this is why, you know, like, not that it was ever going to be a thing, but this, this is why Natasha and I would never have been together, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's because I would not. My my relationships are not like that generally. I tend to I, my my periods of being single last so long that when I get into a relationship, I don't. I'm not attentive. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's what just, happens with a lot of people is that it's the excitement of like the the creation of the relationship, but then once the relationship actually is a thing, they don't care anymore. Yeah, they think right. that it's going to be an autopilot. So they don't, they don't try. And it's just sort of like, well, I've accomplished my goal. Goal accomplished. Not really realizing. It's sort of like that saying about success. Success is rented and every day the rent is due. Well, yeah. And when you're like, you know, my last relationship was with somebody who really seemed to throw herself into it real quick, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I barely know you. (laughs) Um, You know, like we're dating, but let's go easy huh mm-hmm. and you know and, and so i reacted to her enthusiasm with inattentiveness right 
You know what I mean? It's kind of ironic, actually, because when I shared that to Owen, I was actually talking about him. I know you were. Because he is super wanting attention all the time. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> so, but, I mean, it's not even like, I mean, I am too, definitely, sometimes. But he, he can most definitely be that way. I'll be reading or doing something on my phone, and I'll look up, and he's just staring at me. With this, like, kind of weird look on his face. Or he'll just, like, kind of poke at me. Poke, poke. And I finally, I'm like, I look up, I'm like, what? And he's like, pay attention to me. And he literally just says that. It's so funny. <laughs> I think it's an adult man-child thing. Because I think um, I have a Whoa. habit of dating that type of dude. <laughs> I just, like, I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. I can definitely be that way. I have, I have, like seven shows in which i feature myself so don't get me wrong i love attention but i uh i definitely was thinking of him when i shared that because he could and the fact that the person was just laying on the floor like that it just really (laughs) it was too good um all right anyways relationships guys they're hard (laughs) too long didn't read (laughs) um okay okay so here's clark kent um talking about dreaming when, that he's a newsreader or where he's got an ant's head or where he's a gorilla? Are those things? Um, I think these are referencing like alternate Superman from different time, different universes, I think. Okay. Is what I call. That's what I thought, but I, I was not familiar with any of those, so I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, the, the, these are definitely deep cuts because then you have Batman and then you have Martian Manhunter, if you remember him. Was he the one that saw Dream as like a flame face? Yeah, because yes. the, uh, the Martians worship like a five flame god. Okay. And well, then you and see I, the... Sorry, I love God. the bit where, where Clark Kent is like, the one I hate is where I'm just an actor on a strange television version of my yes. life. Have you ever heard that, Dream? Dream yes. and Batman says, doesn't everyone? And Martian Manhunter's like, no, because they never made Aww. a show or a movie about Aww. me. Aww. Poor Martian And Man. then I, um, I like the nice trench coat, so it's John Constantine. Yeah. Constantine with is it the Phantom Stranger and someone else? Definitely the Phantom. Oh Stranger. yeah, I'm not sure because I recognize Constantine, but I didn't know who else those okay, two guys were. Um, the the DC universe has a lot more mysticism going on compared to Marvel. So in the DC universe, there's the group of like well known like powerful magicians. They the the fans like to call them the trench coat brigade because they all wear trench coats. <laughs> okay. And I think this is like I want to say four of uh, three of five of them. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I figured that that was a reference, but I wasn't sure. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I didn't remember his name, but I remember the flame face. Um, yeah. And then who's this dude hanging out with a centaur? Um, Beardy man. That's Hob. It is. Yeah, it's Hob. It's yeah, because yeah. it's Hob in uh, one of his. He, I guess in his dreams, he's his original incarnation his from original his first self. life. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't feel like he looked that beardy when he first showed up. But, <laughs> but the tankard and the tunic and the rough spun. Now I'm going it's, back it's and looking. About, and like, it, it's what? talking about age and you know. Um. Yeah. I just it's for six years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what I, it is? It's like going back. I'm looking, and they have. Yeah, he doesn't look quite that rough but it's just a different artist that's why i got kind of like messed up in my brains um all right so uh matthew goes to check out the endless and dream is wearing red death 
Um, yes, I will. I ever not do that. I don't think nope. so. This is officially the last episode, and I'm still doing it. You know what it is? They have that Billy Art Idol hairdo. Is <laughs> both of them? Did. It's like me calling Lyra Aria on the Golden Compass yeah. podcast. I just could not stop. Also, with it. to be fair, like I think out of all of the endless, it's Death and Dream that look like they're related the most. Oh, definitely. Oh, like, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a bit of a relation with um if you see Desire and Despair since they are both brunette as well, so you can see the four of them together Mm -hmm. but then like you get destiny delirium and destruction and it's like not really i kind of see delirium it would be like if death shaved half her head and dyed it and uh took some lsd see i kind of i kind of see delirium and destruction pretty easily as siblings yeah i yeah i mean i don't they don't really look alike to me but i feel they're both like they're both kind of redheadish you know i don't know (laughs) Is, I just, is Delirium Redhead? I can never tell. M- most of the time. <laughs> Depends on the mood. Um, <laughs> I love it. He's like, you must be Desire, Despair, Destiny, and um, Dog? dog? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Barnabas? Um, Barnabas. And the guy in the white room over there is apparently called Iblis O'Shaughnessy. Don't ask. Um... And he says, I thought the castle was the heart of the dreaming. Are you telling me the dreaming has two hearts? And Desire says, more than that, brave little brave bird. Many, many more than that. Um, and then... They ask him to speak at the funeral. And he's all like, well, what if I don't want to? And they're like, well, then cool. you don't have to. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, all right, well, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking contrary. Um, all right, so... The wake. Everybody is. Uh, well, I guess that was the wake. This is that the funeral. That was the wake. Yeah. So it's the morning. Everybody is uh, assembling and heading to the mausoleum. And it is huge, those doors, because you see the little ants. Yeah. Yes. The people like walking in looking like ants. And then there's that giant statue of a winged destiny holding like a giant fire. Mm-hmm. It's giving me World of Warcraft, um, like, login screen <laughs> um, flashbacks. Um, the people moved as if their every move were preordained, as if they had no true will of their own, as if every action were written long ago in a book. But which book? And Destiny is holding a book. And then, anybody? Iblis? Iblis O'Shaughnessy. Iblis O'Shaughnessy. He's holding a book, too. Yeah, Probably is. not the book, but you know which book. <laughs> it's it's um, the book. It's the book of O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> Every, all hail Verts O'Shaughnessy. Three. Um, one. Pink heart. <laughs> and he takes the shroud and drapes it over this altar, and Dream's body silhouette appears like under it, as if yeah. he's there but invisible. It's really cool. I enjoyed yeah, that a lot. Nice. The cerement, which yeah, that's just a fancy word for like garment, funeral garment, funeral shout, shroud. Iblis O'Shaughnessy, you had one job and you did it well. You did. You did it quite well. Um, so Destiny gets up there and is useless. <laughs> <laughs> I love Desire's little. Oh, yeah. Unaccustomed as I have to public speaking or it needs speaking at all. Right. Um, just basically like, well, I say things that are true. And that are real, and he was neither one of those things. So, um, next. <laughs> he was my brother. Moving on. <laughs> Moving right along. And I like how Mad Hetty is mentioning how meta it is that he's reading 
from his book about reading from his book. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and Mad Hetty and Hobb have a little moment. Yeah, I like that a lot. And somebody leaning over and being like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's, uh, I believe that's Peas Blossom from the fairy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know you. You're Bobby Wassface, think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next page is when Dream is petting the griffin. And it's so and it's, cute. Look at it. Look at its little so, eyes closed. <laughs> oh, it's so happy. It's adorable. He's like, this is the best job ever. Um, and yeah, the Pegasus, I guess, yeah, is saying uh, he fed me slices of apple with his hands from time to time. He was always most pleasant and gentle-mannered, but yeah, he never touched them. Which, how could you not? Look at how touchable that griffin head is. <laughs> he looks so fluffy. Um, and then, surprise visitor, it's destruction. Woo! And he's not going to the funeral because fuck that. He is going to hang out with the man of the hour yep. or the next hour. He knows much. where the party is. Yeah, he does. Um, and then we go to Bast and she's doing her. Uh, and we weren't lovers. I don't regret that now, but I do regret not telling him that he made me happy when he was around and he's gone and I'm old. It's like, oh, that was sad. Um, I wanted to go hang out with Thessaly and Calliope and Titania, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> right? They're dressed up like the that scene, uh, that very famous uh, meme from Mean Girls, the you can't sit with us. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He, um, you never fucked him. You can't come over here. <laughs> Gosh. I really wanted to, though. Does that count? No. <laughs> nope. Um. Oh, oh I, this is the one with Dark Side, uh, right, Miles? Yeah, yeah, he's right there. Dark Side is next to Jed. Jed. And just to give you an idea of who Dark Side is in the DC universe, Dark Side is like Thanos or Apocalypse. He's like this. Imagine this giant big bad at someone's funeral sitting next to Jed. Yeah, Dark Side. Dark Side is the dude who killed Superman. I really like the idea too that he is like. It said earlier that everybody went to their specific places that were yeah. ordained, and so apparently he was ordained to sit next to Jed for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> All and, right. Uh, on on Rose's left side is uh, Emperor Josh Norton. Yes. Is that a thing? <coughs> Do I know that? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Emperor San the emperor. The emperor of America. Oh, the emperor of America! Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Okay. Um. So yeah, Jed is basically like, "Are you sure you're preggers?" And she's like, "Yep, pretty sure." And he's like, like, cool, families rock. And she's like, didn't you say they suck? And he's like, well, yeah, and that too. Uh, Which is a fair assessment. And then Desire. Um, Desire talks a lot of shit. I loved it so much. Just like, uh, he really was too bad that we were related. But, uh, (laughs) you know, that's the way it goes, I guess, so. I have Thanks, family everybody. members I feel that way about. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to be like, man, if we weren't blood, we would never talk to each other or hang out or anything. Yep. And it would be better that way. <laughs> but. What are you going to do? Yep. Um, so back to destruction with Dream. Dream's like, you seem familiar. Are you my brother? And he's like, yeah, let's go have some drinks and some foods. <laughs> Let me uh, raid your pantry. Yes, and honestly, his pantry looks very raidable. Look at that awesome kitchen. I love bulbs of garlic hanging in braids like that. They're my favorite. I need to get one of those. Um, and <laughs> On another note, despair, can you not do the cutting yourself thing right now? Maybe can you wait 
Wait, wait, wait. Go back. Hold on. What? Because Destruction says things change, don't they? And Dream says, yes, they do. And he says, wise lad. Because old Dream would have argued for about 20 minutes about how he <laughs> hadn't right. changed and nothing had changed and he was the same and blah, blah, blah. Because like, he just never wanted to admit that to anybody. Exactly. And well, and I like how, um, you know, it's you're not going to argue about change to the avatar of change, the aspect of change. Right? Right. And destruction is the living embodiment of the opposite of what Dream was doing with this whole Kindly Ones story. Mm-hmm. You know, is like setting up this whole thing and telling everyone who would listen that there was nothing he could do about it when really he could do whatever the fuck he wanted. Mm-hmm. He could walk away like Destruction did at any time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I I just I love that Destruction's like, right on, new kid. Maybe you'll learn. Yeah, because he just like he's just trying to abdicate himself of responsibility while still getting the exact outcome that he wanted. And it's like, you can't do that. You created this. Just admit yeah. that you did. Just knock it off. You have choices. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, despair. Despair's nakedness distracts the shit out of me. <laughs> I can't lie about it. I can't. Um, and the realism of this particular illustration of her too does not help with that for me. But she, yeah, she is talking about the fact that uh, she he's the second brother that she's lost, and everybody feels the despair blowing over them like a yep. black wind. Um, I really like too, that the way despair, her eulogy is presented is different than everyone else. Everybody else gets speech bubbles. Yeah. Despair's is presented third person. Um, and narrated like it's very different. It's just like something everybody knows in their mind. She's saying, "Yeah." yeah. So I really, I liked this a lot. Um, okay, now, who is this dude, Wesley Dodds? Is he the one that was He was in one the of the diner? many Sandmen. Well, he's the original Sandman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking that he was the guy in the diner that was horrifying. Now, at the very beginning um, of the series, back in Preludes and Nocturnes, when Dream is captured, and you remember there's the bit oh, where it's yeah, like the, the universe knows something is missing, so Wesley Dodd starts dressing up as the Sandman. Fill the void, and yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. Because um, yeah, his name is like so familiar, and I'm like, I don't know where I know this guy from. And he old because he's the golden <laughs> Sandman. And in DC, people age a lot faster than they do in Marvel. Owen, Marvel, are you standing outside age. the office door right now? Owen, get the fuck in here. He just got home, and as I'm talking about Wesley Dodds, I get a text on my computer. He's the Sandman! <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to come in. I can't, we don't have the mic set up, and it oh. would take fucking too long after everything tonight. All right. Um, he's just going to yell through the door, he says. Um, and then Duma comes up. Ask him how he feels about Darkseid attending Dream's funeral. I will not ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Duma starts crying and everybody understands that everything is super important forever and always. And that seems for some reason to me, very depressing. I don't want things to be important. I would like for them to not mean anything (laughs) at the same time. If they don't mean anything, then that's also depressing. So I guess everything sucks no matter what. Hooray. (laughs) Um, so Delirium goes up. She basically just says, he used to scare me, but now I'm sad 
and I she miss him. She doesn't want to talk. No. I could play with my doggy instead or name all the clouds in the whole sky one by one. Or I could show them my belly button. <laughs> yeah. Or I could teach everyone here how to drive in a car. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, don't no, do no. that. But she, I love that she only goes up once Barnabas is like, it's going to be okay, I'll be with you. Oh, Barnabas is the best. I love him. Um, and Destruction's talking to Dream about, like, this is basically what he did. And he's like, you know, this would go on without you if you decided to leave. Just so you know, you're not right. totally stuck with this. And uh, Dream says, you know, I'm not really interested in leaving, but I appreciate the offer and telling me about this. Um, and let's see. Oh, he says, you'll meet the other soon enough. It won't be as bad as you fear. And he asks if he should tell them that destruction was there. And he's like, nah. It's good. Just don't mention it. Um, and assures him that they will almost definitely meet again at some point. Yeah. Um, and There's all the time in the world, after all. Yeah. And then it's time for Matthew. And he says, I thought I was going to talk about how he was my boss and uh, my friend and that. It gave me blah, a second blah, chance. Blah. Yeah. Um, but that isn't what's in my heart. He was the most important person in the world to me and he's gone. And the kid, Daniel, well, he was a good kid and he's gone too, but you can't kill dreams. Not really. I mean, despair may be the thing that comes after hope, but there's still hope, right? When there's no hope, you might as well be dead. What's in my heart? A lot of sorrow, a little regret, and the memory of the coolest, strangest, most infuriating boss, friend, boss I ever had. That's what. Um, I like how Lucifer and Mazikeen are in that mm-hmm. panel, too. Yes. Yep. Oh, Lucifer. and who is this bear? Oh, it's the, um, oh, gosh. Remember Destruction had the friends that... Did oh, the Alderman, yeah. The, yes. Oh, the one that had the alarms that set up? Right, right, yeah. right. Transformed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. I really enjoy the the image of this bear very earnestly reading this book right now. Um, And... Yeah. Odin and uh, Shivering Jemmy. <laughs> uh, the frightened rustling of cold order, which, where's the box? Nobody? Where is, I know, where is the box? Oh, where's Seriously? my favorite character ever? <laughs> that's um, that's that Alianora woman, I believe. And next to her, is that Faramond, maybe? I think it is Faramond. Because remember, Faramond had the cigars. The one that organized yeah. their driver that wound up getting burned. Right, the one burned, who controls yeah. transportation. Yeah, everybody winds up burned. Her and Carla. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anybody else I recognize in this panel right below the bear, but I don't think so. No box, seriously, no box, no box at all. I know. That's what I'm saying, guys. See, um, it's unjust. I wanted the box to, like, honestly, I wanted the box to show up with, like, a fortune cookie coming out. Or the fortune, like, little, like, fortune cookie fortune that's inside him all the time. Oh, the little, like, tape. Yeah, of, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and I wanted him to be like, there will be refreshments in the... <laughs> <laughs> I do love how this whole thing is framed as if the reader is there. Because everybody who's ever dreamed is there. Yes. And uh, you might not, you know... Um, we we do not need to recount every sermon and eulogy. After all, you were there. You may have forgotten in your waking hours what you heard that day, but you will but you will remember it in the soft, lost, slumbering moments between waking and true sleep. 
Remembering the whispering voices of the gods of earth and heaven, the piping laughter of innocent chaos, the frightened rustling of cold order, the voices of the living, the voices of the dead. They will haunt your sleep until you die. Dun, dun, dun. I like that. Um, and then it becomes a bridge and they are seeing the, uh, it's basically like River Run saying goodbye to. Wait, dude, you know who these two kids are right here? In front of death in these panels? Who? Those are the two fucking dreamers who served at the banquet when Dream was giving away oh. the key. Oh. The ones okay. that, like, met each other and were kind of trying to, like, hook up? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fun. Awkward time for a date. Second date, <laughs> right. I mean. Um, and apparently death gives a speech that gives them peace and meaning, but we don't hear it, which is right. better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Don't try. Don't set that bar and then try and actually yeah. reach it, dude. I think he knows that he can't. Um, and then you are floating bodiless high above the world. And you see this ship. What would one call this? It's it's a ship. It's a boat. I feel like it's better. Uh, a barge, uh, is it? I, guess, I, I thought that there was like a specific word for one that was being used for burial. But I guess I'm wrong about that. Um a burial boat that's it i love how the mast changes yes well we and eventually it becomes orpheus's head right and we see him on the pier oh i didn't even realize that was orpheus i got all oh poor orpheus he really didn't get a break because it starts off it's like some bird's head right yeah then it becomes um dream's mask yep and then then Orpheus's head. And it's Orpheus's head. And yeah, no, he totally did not get a break. Nope. And then it becomes two hands holding the red gem. Oh right wait! Before, right before it goes over the edge. When Orpheus is standing on the dock, there's bodies in the water. I just noticed. Yeah. I didn't even see those before. Well, I'm assuming it's the uh, it's is, is it Sharon, which is the river? No, no, no. Sticks. Yeah, yeah, sticks. It's because sticks. Orpheus must okay. be in the Greek. Must be in the Greek afterlife. Okay, cool. I like it. Just passing through. Yeah. And then, yeah, the boat basically disappears into a blast of light, which then looks like a star. Yep. A supernova. Champagne supernova in the sky. Um, and... So everybody leaves. Yeah. Um, and Dream is sending everybody back. He speaks to Light of First and essentially... Gives her absolution, kisses her on the head, and sends her back. No one shall harm you. Put your life together once again. Go in peace. Um, Matthew decides that he's going to stay. And um, recommends that Dream get some food going. Not that anybody will eat it, but they need something to fiddle with in the awkward moments. I love his decision, too. He's like, I don't really want to be your raven, because it wouldn't be the same as being the old you's raven, but... You need me, right. so I'm going to hang around because ravens don't grow on trees. Um, <laughs> and then we have uh, Alexander Burgess wandering around lost looking for his dad. There's something so sad about this. Yeah. Because honestly, he was just like such a pawn in this whole thing. And he, uh, I felt like what Dream inflicted on him while understandable was not warranted. Um, and... Gives, he gives him a candle and says, it will light you safely home. 
And Alex wakes up and is like kind of at peace finally for the first time ever. Yep. Um, which was Paul. really nice. I liked that a lot. And I like also, the fact that Paul is there because last time we saw him wake up or last time we saw him awake, Paul wasn't there. And I was kind of like, oh, somebody get Paul quick. What if he dies right now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so also it's uh, the young butler that maybe we can assume is the one who impregnated Rose. I think oh, he's right. dead. What was that? I don't know. I suppose yeah, it must just have been terrible. one of those grand gestures that went horridly wrong. Such a waste. What the actual fuck is that about? Oh my goodness. I know, right? I'm the- really... I I kept reading, rereading that line like, there's I, a clue somewhere, right? But I have no idea. I'm thinking like, maybe it's suggested that he maybe tried to do a public proposal to his girlfriend, but I don't think that's a... That seems like no. more of an American thing, right? Not a British thing. Maybe they would like- never call that being being poor silly jack do you like kill himself because he was unfaithful or but it said it's one of those uh i suppose it must have just been one of those grand gestures that went oh yeah it went horribly wrong wrong. so i was thinking like did he have this like elaborate you know i mean i think it's an american thing because definitely in our country we will encounter a lot of guys like ridiculous like public proposals you know what i mean but how would that end in his death I don't know. Maybe he was like limousine decapitated by a road sign. I don't know. Um, anyway. Maybe he was like, maybe he told her that he had cheated on her and then was like, I'll punish myself and self-flagellated until he bled out. <laughs> I think that's a good one. Let's go with that. I'm, or I'm maybe okay he tried that. to apologize to her and tried to apologize in a very public avenue then got run over by a car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, um, Nula wakes up, um, what's his face? Richard Maddock. That's the one. He wakes up. He's wearing some weird outfit. Um, Lida wakes up and everybody's talking while this is going on. Why is he waking them up? Uh, cause that's what he decided to do. I suppose. <laughs> I really liked that. Yep. That's about it. Um, and then, uh, Hob wakes up. And he's super sad. And that was really sad. Um, I, I do love the, this bit where Despair is saying, I know how scared he must be. I was very scared. She, I, had been such a grand lady, and now I was simply me. I will try to be good to this one. That was really sweet, too. I appreciate that there's somebody else who's gone through this that has, especially since it's Despair, who I feel yeah. would have the most sensitivity of anybody. And then somebody says we all will, and Desire is like, "I so let's wait and see how he shapes up." <laughs> promising that I'll be good to him. Um, and then the last page, uh, they're all awake, all but one. You scared? Not exactly. Come on, kid, I'm with you. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, the king is dead. That's what they say. The king is dead. Long live the king. And then, fighting to stay asleep, wishing it would go on forever, sure that once the dream was over, it would never come back, you woke up. That is where we wish, should pretend this ended. That's a great ending. Yes, it really it was is. A wonderful ending. The, the the thing with the you know with the dude in the desert is fine, and like the Hobbs, uh, how uncomfortable Hob is at the Renaissance Fair is fun. 
it's just after the gravity of this storyline to have these one-off sort of meaningless funny it just seems yeah. weird like i feel hobbs, like gaiman doesn't know when to quit sometimes yeah it just yeah. like hobbs story the only reason that it makes sense where it is is because he's upset that dream outlived or he outlived dream but other than that it doesn't feel like this needed to be where it is within the oh, yeah, I guess, context. I guess Hobbs' story does come before the the dude in the desert, huh? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then and yeah, and the fact that he's like, well, this isn't like history, and I was like, who fucking cares? Nobody does anything because it's accurate. They do shit because it's fun. The end. I, I do love that he's like, yeah, you know, everybody's like, oh man, it wasn't the British who were all about the slave trade. That was all Americans, man. You don't have, you don't have anything to worry about. And he's like, oh, you have no idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, his guilt over that was uh, very appreciated. And she and she's like, I'm the first black girl you've dated, aren't I? Because you would have driven all the others crazy. Yep. Um. So yeah, but he <clears throat> he basically death is like, you can come with me now. And he's like, I'm not doing that. She would kill me. And I was glad he didn't choose to die, even though I think he should have. Yeah, me too. But her finding him dead would have been such a bummer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then dude who's lost in the desert, kitten, kitten guide. Um, this was yeah, really like, this felt so wrong and out of place, but I just like, I don't even want to. Can we just not? No, it's not. Are you okay with oh, not, not, Anton? I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> to be quite honest, this last panel with, uh, where it's from the point of view of a uh, new dream opening the door and then you see, I love... I love, love, love just this lovely tableau of all the other endless just waiting for him. Oh, Sire yeah. with a cigarette and yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I got so confused. I thought you were talking about him opening the door at the end of the uh, desert story. And I was like, wait, wait, no, wait, no, what? No, okay, the, the, real ending, the, like, the real ending. The real ending. Yeah. Okay, cool. In my opinion was, should have been where it ended. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that I have seen this when I image searched for other episodes and I didn't realize that this, because the artwork is so much more detailed and different than all the other volumes had been. I thought that this was like a fan art or something because it doesn't have any of the boxes in it. I think it was just the like illustration. Mm. Um, so I didn't realize that this was actually from the volume and it's really beautiful. So I think I'm going to be using this for the artwork for this episode. Nice. Um, and it's one of my favorite panels in this entire um, like collection. Yeah, it's just so expressive. And his hand being the only thing that shows. Yeah, it's really cool. And also, I would really like to sit down to a meal, please, at a table like that. Um, but who hosted it? Because remember, was it Destiny, uh, Destiny's party where nobody eats? Yeah, well, yeah, basically everybody ignored it. Um, but I think it's, it's dream hosting it because Matthew was the one who was like, put the food out, dude. Nobody's eating it, but just do it. Okay. True. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, let's just pretend that I did there and I want to greet new patrons. I have, let's see, four, I think Amber Herring. Hi, Amber, Sarah Bergen. Um, hello, Sarah, who I think, uh, yes, she, subscribed like the day after my birthday um maxwell who also left a message 
Um, Maxwell said, I wanted to say I enjoyed the Sandman podcast since I found you right when I myself was rereading the series. I was hoping that I could get my shout out in the episode for the volume, The Wake. And knowing people are afraid of saying my name when reading it, it's supposed to be pronounced Maxwell because it's actually spelled M-A-C-C-E-W-I-L-L. Um, finally, I want to say that I found it funny how you guys were ragging on the line from fables and reflections that goes sometimes when you fall, you fly mainly because I had planned on getting a tattoo from something in the Sandman and decided to Google Sandman tattoo to see if anyone had used the idea I was going for and ended up seeing tons of people who had this sometimes when you fall, you fly quote tatted on them. (laughs) Luckily, I saw no one using the idea I had. Continue the good work, and after Sandman, I will follow you guys on the Golden Compass podcast. Woohoo! Hey, what was your idea? Yeah, he didn't Maxwell, tell us. So what Maxwell, was your idea? I want to know what you're doing. But yeah, I am not surprised because people pick the tritest shit for Why did it tattoos. have to be sometimes when you fall, you fly? I would expect it to be like, and then you woke up. The tattoos that I see with like sometimes when you shoot for the moon, you land among the stars. The number of that tattoo that I've seen just like you know what I cannot so stand. Much. I can't stand cursive tattoos on someone's chest because it looks like <laughs> weird chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> that never occurred and especially to me. with gay dudes, and it's like oh no 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 no. The only the worst that I can imagine is people starting to get that live laugh love tattooed on them. Oh. Do you guys have tattoos? <gasps> I have one crescent moon with the phases of the moon inside it behind my ear. I have a wrist tattoo that it was supposed to be something much more profound than what it looks like now. And every time people ask me what it means, I always tell them don't date a tattoo artist, (laughs) (laughs) which is I feel a better story. Um, I uh, I have the word atheist on my on my shoulder. Um, like on my back, on my shoulder, like a stylized version of it from back when I was really into that. Um, but I've been I've been pondering for years. Like getting a tattoo is a big deal. Yeah. And I've been trying to figure out my next tattoo for like at least five years now, and I still don't quite know what it's going to be. So if anybody I, has any ideas, let me know. <laughs> every time I am I get the urge to get a tattoo, I look at my left wrist where this one is, and I'm reminded, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Save for the laser removal. Yeah, mine. I like, I, I like purpose- having mine, but I purposely got mine behind my ear because. Nobody would really be able to see it unless I wanted them to. And if they did, it wasn't going to be of consequence. And I knew that that part of my body would not age and sag the way other parts will. So I was like, that'll be safe. But I have never been tempted to get another one. Oh, I'm definitely. I love. I really enjoyed the experience of getting a tattoo and I want another one. But uh, I don't know what it's going to be yet. You should get. So I'm still an atheist, but I don't like it doesn't mean as much to me as it used to. Maybe you should get something that Matthew says, just like uh, something really weird and inconsequential. How about nobody will eat anything, but it'll give you something to do in the awkward moments. There you (laughs) go. That's what you should get. Or uh, that uh, that thing he screams when he's telling uh, Delirium not to drive really badly. That's right. Oh, right. Oh, wait, wait. Guys, guys, what am I even thinking? I know my next tattoo. What? Evil is so Sean is it? I was going to say, and then I was like, wait, no. And it needs to have the stylized Lisa Frank heart. That's right. <laughs> yes, Evil please. So- oh right there God. on the chest with the heart <laughs> on the chest, and it's going to say Evil is so Sean is Oh, you are going to confuse so many people. No one is going to know any idea. They're going to think that you're, that's your boyfriend's name. They're going to be like, oh, okay, well, cool, good for you. I like it. Do My it. My boyfriend is made out of mud. <laughs> 
<laughs> a muddy heart print. That's right. <laughs> to make it look like somebody just threw an actual, like, anatomically correct heart at you and it smacked <laughs> you in the chest. <laughs> just like with the blood spatter yes. and everything. <laughs> oh, bless. All right, cool. Well, I think that is about it. We talked about what we're going to be doing next, probably um, at the beginning. So I think we're good on that. Yeah. Um, Want to plug things? Miles, go. Uh, yeah, guys, you can find my writings about Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire on www.towerofthehand.com. And uh, you can also find my other podcasts, uh, The Timekeeper's Table Wrestling Podcast and the Smash Fiction Podcast, recently featuring one Anton Boleyn. Yup, yup. Uh, it was super fun. He was a great episode, so uh, check that out. And you can find both The Timekeeper's Table and Smash Fiction on iTunes. So um, if you check those out, uh, leave us a review, subscribe. That'd be awesome, if, if you like it, of course. Uh, and, you know, uh, you can also check out more of the wrestling writings on through the timekeeperstable.blogspot.com. Yay! Okay, Anton, go. Um, hey, guys. I'm only going to be plugging one thing this week. Um... Probably by the time you hear this episode, um, go to projectfandom.com and read my review of episode three of The Muppets on ABC. Whee! Cool, man. Um, and I feel like, oh, yes, guys, uh, check out the broadcast. Um, I just recently updated the site and the logo. Um, lots going on with that. And I need to get you more of that. Uh, God. Well, uh, your yours is going up with somebody else's, and she still hasn't gotten me her half. So I know you're fine right now. That's that's my only that's my only consolation is that is that she's <laughs> you're not she's as late slower as she than is. me. Um, but yeah, I updated the site. I apologize in advance because there are some things that don't work with it anymore, like Libsyn plugins don't work with WordPress. But unfortunately, Blogger was a nightmare, so I had to move. Um, and. I am trying to get things reinstated and redesigned and some new links and stuff up there. But I just did an episode with uh, Jennifer. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting her last name now. But she did this awesome uh, video response to Stephen Amell after he had um, made some pretty stupid remarks publicly on Twitter and uh, regarding race. And she did a video response that actually got some traction and he actually wound up responding to it. And when I watched it, um, she just, I thought the way that she spoke and handled her arguments, even though she was clearly very upset, was excellent for something like the podcast that I'm trying to do where... I, it can be hard. I get overwhelmed with ideas and rage and I just start babbling incoherently. And I thought that she really managed to keep that under control. Um, so she very generously agreed to be on the podcast and then, uh, Jennifer Watley, that's her last name. I'm sorry, everybody. And she was great. I had so much fun with her and she's going to be on again next week. So, um, yeah, so I think she's oh, going awesome. to be a new regular co-host, but she's really awesome. If you guys really aren't awesome. listening to the broadcast yet, then kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Miles. That'll show them. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, guys. Ser- seriously, though, if you're not, do. Uh, you should check it out. It's a facebook.com backslash we the broadcast and the broadcast.com broadcast is hyphenated. So that is it. Okay. Everybody, we good to go? That's yes. Sandman, guys. That's it. And then we woke up. Aww. Well said. 
Thank you, everybody. And we will see you maybe at some point with another volume. Who knows? Bye, everybody. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Please turn on your mask.